Hi, everybody. I'm Rogers Healy, the host of Rogers That, a podcast dedicated to selling without selling out. And today we have an incredible, incredible guest, somebody that I have admired and looked up to for a very, very long time. He's a, a successful person in his own right in the world of entertainment. But my favorite part about Chris Dowling, who's joining us today, is he is a very well-centered man. He puts his faith in his family above everything else, so much so that he decided to move back to his home state in his home city of Dallas, Texas, uh, right when the pandemic occurred. And that's because he knew that the bigger parts of life are the parts of life that you don't go and share with the rest of the world. That's what happens inside your four walls of your home. And so Chris uh, has become one of my best friends. We connect on multiple levels, uh, ranging from love of music, love of family, love of the Lord. But more than anything, uh, we connect because we are both um, retired soap stars. And so y'all might know Chris <laughs> as uh, the director, the producer, the writer, but I know him as Chaz. Chaz. Uh, I, even, I don't think he even had a last name. Just Chaz, but it had three Zs. That's the that's the thing that we're going to talk about on the second episode. But uh, but Chris, thank you for being a part of this today. That means a lot to me. You're a busy guy, and I know that uh, life comes at you fast. But to make time for us little people, thank you. <laughs> You're welcome, my friend. You're welcome. Or thank you. Um, so before we get started with the emotional uh, conversation of um, what led us here and how long Chris has been growing his hair, why don't you give us background on you? What's your story? Where are you from? What got you into the world of film and television and acting? Uh, and where are you today? Yeah, man. So, um, well, we know we are today, at least uh, geographically, because, yeah, we did make the move. Um, for better or for worse, I'm still trying to figure out my family. But... What if this is a hologram of Chris and this is the greatest movie he's ever, the greatest podcast he's ever been a part <laughs> Boom. of? Boom. It's like a Banksy type thing. Is that Tupac? Like... <laughs> yeah. Wow. Okay. Sorry. Anyway. So yes. Where, uh, where are we today? What got you where we're at? Yeah. So um, we did move back to Texas. I'm extremely happy about that. I'm loving it. Uh, wife is 75% loving it. I would say kids hundred percent one day, 50% another day. Who knows? Does but that, does that 50% day when it's 188 outside <laughs> and there's nothing to do other than watch lethal weapon and yeah, well, Goonies the, and E.T.? Yeah, the kids don't get to watch Lethal uh, Weapon, but oh, fair, um, true. but I do. Okay. Um, uh, yeah, no, absolutely. That's It's pretty hot. But you know, we found pretty cool things to do outside, even when it's hot. There's this great in Frisco. There's this, this is a total side note real quick, but there's this little limestone quarry, and you just get down there. There's a waterfall, and honestly, we just walk for like two hours, and you just walk the creek, and there's fish and snakes and is this, are, are you, ten, I, I feel like you want to see a dead body. Yeah, Isn't oh, this yeah. the start of Stand By see, Me? Y'all want to see a dead body? You want to see a dead body? That was Boys in the Hood. I did Boys in the Hood. You did, you were doing Stand By Me. I did. I, I'm more of a Stephen King fan than a, who did, was, uh, John Singleton. John Singleton was yeah. Boys in the Hood. Yep. They're always on. But, uh, but Stand By me. me is my favorite movie of all time. Is so, it really? Yeah, it is. That's why we do this podcast. Wow. Just yeah. when I thought I couldn't fall in love with Chris anymore. Don't, just don't look directly in the eyes. I can't. I'll look at my camera. Okay, so. Uh, Texas guy goes to hmm. UT. Went to JJ Pierce. No, no, Berkner. no, yeah, Richardson Berkner. Went to Richardson Berkner, and obviously knew at a young age that you had a different kind of gift. What was what was the gift? Yeah, I mean, I, I always loved to write, you know, stories, and then you know, we always made movies with like our big VHS Sony camcorder that was like the big shoulder down thing. And you'd, you'd for all to, you millennials and Gen yeah. Z and Gen X, or maybe even Gen X, what, what's a VHS, please? Um, yeah, yeah. The tape, it, it goes in, you got to be kind to rewind, but then you just close it in there and you actually have to edit. You had to edit, you had to shoot everything obviously sequentially. And then you had to edit it inside the camera just by like figuring out where you should have stopped and going back and, you know, stopping it there. And all. It, but again, we made some great stuff. In fact, uh, one of my, my crowning achievement possibly this day was when I was a senior in high school, we had the option to either do a research paper. Like it was like a 15 page research paper Ooh. on drugs. 
Oh. Uh, certainly, we all got a different drug assigned to us. Or you could make a video about the drug, and it was supposed to be you know informational. And we made an amazingly hilarious movie. It was about 15 minutes called Cocaine the Movie, and dude, it was awesome. And so starring Eric Clapton. Uh, well, that soundtrack song, by Eric Clapton. Song was obviously you know featured. That was before I understood you know musical rights. And, was it really in there? Of course. That's wow. How, that's how it opened. Um, but uh, the great part was. We didn't know how they were going to receive it in the class because everybody's stuff was very, very serious. And then we put it in. And I mean, dude, it was awesome. We got a standing ovation that we watched. Then they wanted to watch it again. And then that tape got passed around throughout the, you know, through the school. I wish I could find it. It got passed around throughout the school. And we ended up getting 110. She gave us a 10-point bonus. Because uh, maybe the teacher was on cocaine. And, and just it, this, was, was, this is, she, it hit her emotionally, yeah, but also. And in her literal heart. Yes, um, I think that could be what it was about. Yeah, which, um, which is which is fun because funny because y'all that are gonna become a Chris fan over the course of this uh, of this conversation, what I love about Chris is uh, which the whole reason I wanted to come on here is the films that he focuses on now are feel good family film films with a faith theme, and so to go from the guy that did the first movie about literally called Cocaine to your movies that you have been right, and then my first short film we won't what is talk that about, uh, if you heroin. Uh, <laughs> it was a short film. Just it's uh, actually it's a really interesting one. Um, it's called the plight of Clown Anna, and um, Clown Anna is a uh, actually this is this is a true story. This is crazy. So you know, um, have you ever seen Omeletteville with Justin Timberlake on Saturday oh, Night Live? Taking me back to Omeletteville. Yeah. Well, yeah. Okay. Hundred percent that they somebody saw our short film. It was doing the short film circuit at the time. Yeah, like those big Mickey Mouse hands. Yeah, yeah, and he had it was the rivals dancing. Yeah. I don't remember who the other. But anyway, it was long story short. Like literally, when that came on, I mean, this would have been like uh, two thousand maybe three or something. Um, I got so many phone calls that night, and they were like, "Go watch Saturday Night Live. They're doing the plight of Clown Anna. Timberlake's doing it." And because um, ours was about the, uh, the Clown Anna was half ba- half banana, half clown, who was the. Uh, uh, it, was, it was dancing in front of Jolly Face ice cream, right? And then across the street, a um, <laughs> a different kind of shop opens up, and there's a different kind of guy dancing across the street. And they're rivals, but then at the end, they come together to defeat the handsome Hollywood hoodlums who drive by and um, throw a milkshake on Clown Anna. No way. Who yeah. played Clown Anna? Uh, my good buddy, uh, Danny Adams. Wow. But uh, but we had the handsome Hollywood hoodlums. You might it was like Jensen. Uh, Ackles. Yeah. Do you know Riley Smith? Yeah. Christian Kane. No. Chris Palaha. Yes. Yeah, I think those are the four hoodlums in the, the, wow. in the car. Wow. So. I haven't heard that. So uh, Chris and I, a fun fact, not even a fun fact, a failed fact about me. I, I lived in L.A. in the early 2000s, tried to be the next Chris Dowling, uh, mm-hmm. tried to be an actor. Obviously, here we are in Dallas filming a podcast. But you've done pretty well since then, I have to say. In the acting world, not so much. But uh, these are all names that um, back 10, 20, year, 20 years ago, literally, these are all people that were up and coming. And now they've on, they have all done very, very well, especially Chris. So back to the writing, directing, producing, and how that all happened. Cocaine, the, the, the saga of Clown Anna, yeah, the yeah, journey it, of Natty Gann. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, anyways, I, so I, actually, uh, Jensen uh, and w- had moved out to L.A. We went to school together, and then I did the big mistake where I went to UT for one semester, and I went to go visit him during the winter break. And then I was like, I'm not coming back to Austin. I'm staying here. So I told my parents, and, um, and I, they knew I wanted to do writing and, and anyway. So then, yeah, so then I moved out there. It was, Wait, you graduated UT, though, didn't you? Yeah. Oh, my, my, my college journey is crazy because I, I moved out there. Um, I was there for a semester. Jensen had signed me up at Glendale Community College, and I went there. I didn't like it. So then on the next semester, I went to Valley Community College, got credits, didn't like it. Or it was fine. But then I got a call from a, a coach at UTD who was like, hey, you want to play college basketball? And I was like, 
yeah, sure. So then I packed up and moved back to Dallas. No way. And played at UTD for a semester, but they didn't have my major. So then I went to Richland for a semester after that. And then I went back to UT Austin and finished up and graduated. For you all watching and listening today, that is an example of how not to do college. I got it done in four and a half years, though. Did you really? Yeah. That's yeah. unbelievable. Well, but it took petitioning. I got every class I did, and I had to go petition everyone at UT to, for oh. them to accept my classes, and they all did. So. Wow. What number were you on the basketball team? 24, I What assume. was the mascot? We were, ter- we were I don't know if it still is. We were a terrible mascot. We were the Comets. Oh. So we shared a name with the WNBA team, which is not like the sexiest move if you're you know college basketball team. But the, And you thought you were going to go to the NBA and then decided to go pursue film instead? That's right. Wow. I thought I thought my five minutes off the bench were going to catapult me into the NBA. Do you have that jersey? You know what's funny? I actually still have the practice jersey. That might be frameworthy here at the Rogers Healy headquarters. It's barely hanging on to life, but yes. <laughs> well, that's what a, a frame preserves it forever. Okay, speaking of being preserved forever. Oh, so anyways, oh. so when, when, Jen, when Jen, Jen, it's funny because we had this idea like we we're going to be the two Corys when we were like even in sixth grade. We're going to be to LA. We're going to be the two Again, Corys. Again, a, a reference to the early 80s, uh, License to Drive, um, uh, Lost the Boys? Goonies, the Lost Boys, maybe even a little bit of Gleaming the Cube. That wasn't that. Oh, yeah, that was Christian, Christian Slater. Slater. Yeah, the two Corys were Corey Haim, Corey Feldman. Yep. Um, very classic, riddled by all sorts of fame and drugs. Corey Haim passed away probably 15 years ago. Yeah. Corey Feldman, I think, is now a vampire. Corey Feldman, if you're watching this, um, I would. The Michael Jackson thing, I get it, kind of. But I would love. I would actually love, love, love to sit down. He was just Same. on my friend Daniel Harris podcast, and I was like. I just would love to just sit with, grab coffee with him because I mean, like when I go watch my like in Stand by Me is one of my favorite movies, right? Dude. If not my favorite, but like oh, there's so many of those movies where, and I watch him and he's so good, so good every time. He's so good. I mean, the Frog Brothers and Lost Boys, like I've every, never seen Lost Boys. I've never seen it. Can we do a movie night at your house? I would love to. And okay. and, and to talk to um, of all the characters I've ever connected with, the two I've connected with more than any other was Ryan Reynolds and Just Friends, and <laughs> Jerry O'Connell and Stand by Me. I was Vern as a kid. Really, I was the fat kid that was very, like, you know, reluctant to risk and very anxious and wore the shirts that were way too tight. Um, You you honestly do have a Jerry O'Connell look to you, though. Dude, I'll I'll, I'll take it. Him or Ryan Ryan Reynolds, if y'all are watching. I didn't didn't say Ryan Reynolds. I just, I was Jerry O'Connell's. But we want you as our next (laughs) podcast guest, which, by the way, this is going to be the longest episode ever if we don't get back to to, to Chris's journey into being a a star of movies. Anyway, so... uh, Went back out, finished up school, went back out there, wanted to write, um, knew I wanted to write, but like when in Rome, you know, you act in LA. So got a headshot, got a manager, had a little bit of success. Which is not easy to do. Again, from a failed, a failed uh, LA person and myself to get an agent or a manager is, it's always kind of cart before the horse, right? It's like, well, we'll, we'll represent you when the, it's like, how can you go and do yeah. it without having it? So obviously you got the secret well, sauce. And it's, it's really hard to do it when you're um, a writer or director because they, I've got a lot of friends that don't have projects. Like they have scripts or spec scripts. Like, oh, I, I got to get an agent. I'm like, God, it's so hard because an agent doesn't want you unless you have something that's about to hit or just hit and you've got the next thing to go. Mm-hmm. So like they, they're not just like random, like going, oh, we believe in you. Like we love your talent. It's like, no, they want to know that you just had a movie that happened or something happened that's got a little heat and you have the next thing they're ready to take out. What was your first thing? Where you were well, like in, in, that, in that world, to put it in perspective, I mean, I think back in 2003 when I moved there, the statistic was 323 people per day moved to LA to enter the entertainment industry. And we're talking actors, writers, producers, you know, anybody in that. So the odds are stacked against you multiple times over. But for you, what was the first thing you did that you were getting? Well, yeah, it's funny because it's like, you know, it's it's always a start and stop where it was like, we did, I did Clown Anna. We like, we first 
we did Newport Beach Film Fest, which is a mid-tier one, but we won the audience award, right? And I was like, and people were like, to the moon, this is it. And I was like, yeah, you know, I'm all fired up and crickets, right? And then the next one we did uh, Rock Slide, you know, with Warburton. Oh, and, yeah. And I mean, that story is crazy. Like we had $100,000 total. Patrick got the script, read it. I, first time director, which is really hard to trust. I went and had dinner with him. And he's like, I'm in. And his manager and his agents were like, you're out. And he was like, I'm in. And so once he was in, then it was like, we had, I mean, again, this is a first time director, first time producer. Which you know, there's a whole other connection with Patrick Warburton and me, which oh. connects us to a whole other level. Oh, I know. Yeah. The no Steel, baby. Know, oh, Bob Steele. I played a, a, a bad guy with Ponytail. Bertrand. Pigtails named Bertrand, and I was Patrick Warburton's sidekick. Yeah. A movie I've never seen, and no one else has seen it either, so we're good. Did it, re- I don't, did it release? I, no I don't idea. think it released. I literally, I hope it did not. I do want to see it, though. Yeah. I feel like somewhere between you and Warburton, it exists. Can I, I get canceled it. for wearing pigtails and beating people up with Patrick Warburton? Probably. Uh, Warburton's uncancelable, man. He's the best. He's yeah. the man. He's got you. He's if got that's you, what man. takes me down, then I'll move back to L.A. and Go down make with the it. sequel, Bob Steeler. <laughs> <laughs> okay sorry uh anyway too, fa- too fast too sorry, furious. too sorry. steel too furious yeah uh so anyways um gosh oh warburton so but it was awesome man because we had that right we had it was like a hundred thousand dollar budget it was warburton and then elaine hendrix came on and rena sofer and like it was like jason alexander from seinfeld and thank you um, for saying out of all those people you just named you actually told us who jason alexander was because patrick warburton was also in seinfeld he was putty Oh, yes. He was a boyfriend. Yeah. 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 And um, it's funny, generationally, it's like he was the emperor, you know, a crunk or like, you know, it's like or the, the tick. Yeah. Dude, tick was. Most people know who he is because of family guy. Yeah. Hey, Peter. He was the, he's the, he's Joe. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah. yeah. I, anyway, he's, he's so, he's such an awesome guy too. But anyway, it was so cool. It was like, and then Andy Dick wanted to play the bad guy. And so, and Andy, and it was awesome because Andy came to me. I got an Andy Dick story. Oh, every everyone has everyone it's funny because as i've even been in other cities i found out that i thought it was an la thing everyone across the country has an andy dick story yeah and but you know andy was i know he's really nice i I love andy i I, honestly he's such a nice guy he's such a sweetheart obviously lost humans got got issues got issues but um funny enough though he's awesome he did come to church me one time really yeah it was really cool and it was hilarious because one of the kids walks up, one of the, youth, the guys in my youth group, the little kid, and he goes, are you Andy Dick from Rock Slide? Like of all the things, you know. No way. <laughs> yeah, because he's just, Rock Slide was the movie he just oh, watched okay. mine. I, uh, this was pretty cute. But um, anyways, it was, you know, you'll like this. Jerry Cantrell was in the movie. Um, Allison Chains. This is where we cross podcasts. Brian, uh, Brian Bosworth was in the movie. It was just the weirdest collection. It was amazing. The uh, Boz, Oklahoma, middle linebacker. Probably one of the biggest busts in sports history, but has found a way to stay relevant. Super nice guy. Obviously, yeah, he's great. He, wow. play, he plays a um, homosexual pirate in the movie. Which was literally going to be my guess for yeah. The Boz. I mean, of course. Wow. Typecasting, right? I How mean, did, with Jerry Cantrell? How did you pull that off? By the way, one of the most underrated voices in the history of music. You know him from Alice in Chains. You also might know him from the group prior to Alice in Chains, Mad Season. Oh, really? Yeah, Jerry Cantrell, and then uh, rest in peace, Lane Staley had a group. Yeah, we we, we went and saw them uh, with Corn actually, uh, like two years ago. It was awesome. Unbelievable. The okay. new guy, the new guy sounds exactly like him. Corn or Alice in Chains? Alice in Chains, like. Yeah, that's like seeing Journey though, you know, or even seeing yeah. the Eagles now because. You know, Glenn Fry. Anyway, back to the journey of, of being oh, a, yeah. a movie guy. The journey of the movie guy. Uh, where was I? Anyway, so we did Rock Slide. It was 2008. Uh, came out of that one. And um, it, it crazy, great cast, you know, super, uh, and we were going to take it to market, but it was 2008. And literally nobody was buying. And like my attorney at that time had just sold the Hurt Locker the year before. And he watched this movie. He was like, dude, you guys are about to make some money on it. 
but then it was like 2008 crushed it. And so, um, so then it was like, cause I was like, okay, this one's taken off. Didn't take off. Uh, it actually was probably where help grows is where I actually got a little bit of traction where it actually propelled me to the next job. And then like, people were like, Oh cool. Like I got the job, uh, the writing job for the priceless movie because they had watched where hope grows. And then, um, and so that's where I think it started kind of, uh, getting out there. And I sold a reality show, which kind of gave me some financial. Well, let's, which one? Uh, repo games, repo games. Yeah. Not just a reality TV show. It's a, it's got a cult following. It's a, it was, it was pretty classic. How I does mean, one come up with the idea of making a game show around people getting their cars repossessed? Well, I'll tell you how that happens because See, my, yeah, my, this, my, this, my buddy, this is we're here. my buddy, uh, Jose Pablo Cantilla, who is a phenomenal actor and my business partner, he was on a, uh, walking dead and sons of anarchy and things. Um, wow. And neither of us had been actually, uh, in the, in the unscripted space. But we like these reality. We're like, all right, well, how do you do? Because all the reality shows, uh, the repo shows are all re reenactments. They're all fake, right? Because No you, way. I actually did not know that. Oh, all of them. Because you can't, like, with lending, uh, uh, lending sir, laws. Sir, before I take your car, do you want to be on this? How did you convince people to be on a TV show that was reenacted for probably a really bad day in their life? So that's what we said. How can you convince people to let us show the footage of being on a, a real repossession? Because it, 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 it breaks all kinds of... Uh, lending laws and stuff like it's a federal offense for these lenders to give any information away so what we did is we had our teams get hired by the lender and when they went to the repossession they would it was just their team that would go up front and film everything and then we would have to ask them permission to use the footage but we would say hey do you want to play a game show in your front yard against the repo man and if you win we pay off your car and you own it free and clear and they said heck yes i do how do i sign <laughs> up and so i did like i think oh i've seen God. over 200 live repossessions um, you know, we got shot at in Vegas. Did I tell you that? No. Oh, we got we got trapped in a we were trapped in a, a cul-de-sac. The SWAT team had to come out and get us with like the shields and run. It was me and five other guys in our big the Sprinter uh, van, which was kind of the uh, the production hub right there. It was uh, it's like video like the village. TV show Cheaters. If you've ever watched that behind the scenes, yeah, Dallas based. But, but a lot of that is a lot of that was obviously fake. Also, what? Yeah. Don't ruin my day. Oh. Get, get, yeah. yeah, no, I mean, none of it, though, was. Cheaters was... I was actually at a restaurant in Dallas when someone on Cheaters got stabbed with a fork, and I was eating at Shuck and Jive over by West Village. That is amazing. Yeah. Anyway. I don't know if it's all fake. And I also, I don't know if at some point it goes from, like, real to fake, you know what I mean? Like, but um, anyways... Repo all that, games, getting shot at. All that to say, it was pretty... It was, it was an amazing run. Uh, we had uh, 40 episodes on Spike when Spike was there. Great channel. And... Um, yeah, man, and we we did get shot at. It was funny though, because then like did you survive. No, this is the hologram you're speaking to as we mentioned. Uh, no, uh, but the crazy thing was, uh, so when we did season two because we have vans that say repo games everywhere. We all run. So it was like season two, we'd knock on a door and someone opened the door, and be like, "What the? Yeah, repo <laughs> games, yeah!" You know, so that was pretty wow. funny. And then the even the better part was, so once the show was canceled, um, my good buddy Tom Detone, who was one of the hosts, he went on to go repo cars again because. That's what he does. So he said he would knock on someone's door and tell him he's taking the card, and they'd be like, "Yeah, repo games." He was like, "Nah, I'm, that's no, I'm just screwed. yeah, I'm just taking your car." Wow. No, no, where's the camera? No, no, I'm I'm just. He, so he was like, for a year, I was just crushing people when I get there because I'd be like, "I'm just taking your car, man." Wow. So did you feel at that moment like you had you you'd reached the pinnacle and nothing you could do to top repo games? <laughs> for real? No, I mean it was it was awesome. It was a good two year run. Um, but it was cool because it gave me the money. Like in between that time, I got to write my first film that had a theatrical release. Um, because I was when I went back to the office, I was working with this great company, Four Nine Five Productions. They do like Jersey Shore and stuff. Do you know them? Are you being serious? Yeah. Yeah, I think I. Yes. Wait. I, oh. 
Josh Peters. Oh yeah, duh. I love okay, Josh I Peters. Like, I met your friend. Um, so, anyways, uh, so when we were so working with them, um, I had some downtime, and but I was also working on doing all that stuff. So I was able to do uh, write for a Sony project in between there. So it was really cool. It was just like one of those things where it's like it worked out perfectly, man. I mean, I look back at it, it was like perfectly God's grace because like we were able to buy our house that year because most of my year, you know, most of the years out there, I'm making like 30, 40 k, like we're scraping by trying to figure it out, and it was like boom, we had these two really good years where I got to buy our house from this repo game and then put some money into um, some investments that are going to pay dividends one day. Um, but other than that, like also randomly, I'm in some similar investments as Chris, which just, maybe this is where we find out we get a knock on the door and Maury Povich walks in and says, <laughs> you're brothers. That would be amazing. Yeah. Um, we, and we actually are similar size coloring. Like it is now that I'm thinking about this. Dad? Yeah. <laughs> is that, how old are you really? Um, okay. I want to make sure that the, the, the theme of the show, I, I'm staying consistent with it because no, 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 no. I, it, it, you, you mentioned your family and your faith and all that. And, and for me, one of the things I really admire about Chris is that you can just tell that he stayed like this the whole time. And you go in a place like LA that is dog eat dog. It's incredibly competitive. I love your coffee mug. It's incredibly competitive. Oh yeah. It's a real estate company here in Texas. Um, and, and you found success. What, what did you do to make sure that you stayed centered and that you didn't get sucked in? LA is a vortex. Okay. Yeah. LA will take you in. It'll chew you up. It'll spit you out. Next thing you know, you look up, you got random bracelets on, you're worshiping some random religion and you keep I, dying your hair. Um, <laughs> what, what was your trick to, I, to staying uh, focused? I think the, the, the two maybe key things are like, if you're in LA, first of all, um, and you're authentic, People will pick up on that because most people aren't authentic there. So it doesn't matter if I am authentically uh, agreeing with every, like, you know, if I'm a Christian, but you're not a Christian, but at least if I'm authentic about it and I'm not like pushing it and trying to do all this stuff, but you're like, oh, ge like you genuinely do care about me as a human, even though, you know, you believe in God and Jesus and all this stuff. And um, so I found that like, that was very endearing to people. Um, it, Cause a lot of, a lot of people actually, it's funny. I've met a lot of people in LA. They're like, I don't really know a whole lot of Christians, but what I've that weird. It was so weird. Yeah. Christian from Texas, but like, but it, but it was my, like, for instance, one of my best friends, um, he, uh, I mean, he was like, he's been on movie sets a bunch of people. And he was like, Hey, before I met your family, like I've only worked with some guys that called themselves Christians and something. And he was like, and it was, they were horrible to people. Yeah. He's like, so we didn't have a good reference point, you know? So I think being authentic and generally caring about people. And I do think you have to have talent. You know what I mean? Like if you're in LA and you have some talent, like people will put up with you a little more than if you don't. And so I'd like to think that I was there for nine months. <laughs> so, no you, didn't talent. Give, you didn't give it a shot uh but um so I, I think i think that was probably a really good combo man and it's just like i'm i'm like i mean i'm like you i'm a people person right so it's like i want to meet people i want to help them out and and again i think that really starts you know snowballing and so like I, i'm in an interesting place because i do a lot of these faith films and the inspirational films but most of the guys that do that are very um insulated like you know it's like they only live in that world. They're only in that world. Yeah. Right. And like I was in L.A. for 20 years. Most of my friends and most of my, you know, the, the people I was working with aren't in the faith world. So it's like I've, I've been in a cool place where like I look at my films more like I like to make them feel more like a indie feel than like just like the shiny floor of faith films. So um, I don't know, man, I kind of exist. And I think in a pretty cool spot where like I, I get pretty good respect. From Very my L.A. answer. I kind of exist. I <laughs> You know, it's all about energy here in the universe. I'm yeah. kidding. Yeah, 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 yeah. So uh, the energy of uh, the aura. Yeah, of it's all based on the is. vibrations I'm feeling right now are so good. I'm sending love, baby. Yeah. Just sending love. Um, good vibrations, by the way. Great song. It is a great song. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I the, feel uh, kind of like we're on Saturday Night Live 
and it's about to break into the sweaty balls. You know what I'm talking about? The, the, for you all watching, one of the most yeah. iconic uh, segments ever, Alec Baldwin kind of hijacked, uh, who was on a Gostar, and Molly Shannon had this like NPR video, and then he comes in and goes, he was promoting his new company of chocolate-dipped uh, balls, and he called them sweaty balls because his last name was Sweat. Do you know what you know, the one I really loved was, uh, do you remember um, Bad Idea Jeans? Yes, they're unbelievable. It was the, it was the Bugle Boy yeah. be- jeans commercial. Yeah. Not to be confused with Mom Jeans yeah. commercial. Yeah, yeah, but Bad, Bad Idea Jeans was hilarious. I mean, some of the things they said were hilarious. I completely cut you off from you finishing your thought. I just realized that. Back to being centered and, and remaining a good person and oh, not yeah. wearing bad ideas. Maybe the what, no, but, full circle is he would wear good idea jeans. That's right. Uh, no, but I, I honestly, like I'm always, I, I, you know, if you try to put people first, I think that that's respected. And like there's, and it's hard and I get it because a lot of people go out there and there's, a, you know, if you're a Christian, sometimes you feel like you got to be on the attack out there and you got to yeah. sling it around. But it's like, I don't know, man. I was just like, I, I just, I, I never felt threatened. Like, I, but I also, in all fairness, like I have a pretty good just, moral grounding anyways so like i wasn't going to get into anything too crazy um and and i know it, there's a lot of people that that's a big allure to so i understand how it's so easy to be like cool i'm gonna do and i didn't care as much about not it's not fair to say i don't care what people think but i wouldn't do things you know like i wouldn't go do something really bad just to get a leg up or something and i think a lot of people that go out there they they feel desperate or they feel something they feel like i need to i've got to do this to succeed and, um, and that just, for me, wasn't really on the plate. But I, I had a good group of guys, a good group of friends I'm still super close with out there. So we had a good core group. And mm. um, it just it made it – and it was a good mix of non-Hollywood and Hollywood too, which made it nice. So yeah. it, was, it was more – maybe it was more grounded. I don't, I don't know, man. I, I've never – because I talked to a lot of people in the faith industry or that are going to – the kids and they're going to go out there. And they're all like, they're so afraid and all stuff. And I'm like, I don't know, man. It was – it just I – don't, I don't think everyone in Hollywood was just sitting around waiting to attack the Christian guy. But if you yeah. if you're a Christian guy and you act like by the way if you're a Christian and you act like a you know an idiot then yeah you probably will get attacked but I have I've got some buddies that told me he looked at me when he said that well you've been attacked you've already, this has already been a semi aggressive some of the yeah. things you brought at me no he, he, um, he scooted his chair a little bit further away for but I did but but I did I did I, I have heard people tell me and this I thought was super telling and sad they said hey I've worked on a faith based film set and I've worked on a porn set it was a gaffer and he said and there was and the producers on the porn set treated people with more respect than the people on the faith based film jeez and I said that is absolutely terrible yeah. if that's the case yeah which film were you a part of. Both. Both. I was that gaffer. That is, that, that is yeah, <laughs> no. that, that's where this thing takes a turn. Yeah, I know. Um, okay, um, so with the, again, with being literal, I mean, you, you know that you've been a successful guy and that you've defied the odds multiple times. And, and no joke, to be on a television show, to create a television show, to have award-winning movies you've written, award-winning movies you've directed, you probably might be literally the only person, you literally might be the only person to ever do that. <laughs> I'm, I'm not kidding. No, I, I, it's funny because it's it's certainly not as sexy as it sounds too. Like whenever I talk to people, like I, I was with the family last night and the daughters wanted to get into it. It's like, I'm like, hey, look, like I've had, you know, I've had movies out there and stuff and it's been cool and documentaries and, and stuff. But it's like, I mean, it's still like, especially when you're in LA, I'm still paycheck to paycheck. I got a family, a mortgage. Like it's not like, um, you know, some of these guys, it's just crazy. Like obviously when you get to a certain level, yeah. You know, you're just, there's so much money, but like I'm not in that level, so it's yeah. like, you know, it's it's you're just. I well, mean, you also chose to live in, and I want to get there with this. Uh, you you chose to live in a, an arena that is a different kind of impactful. So with all your successes and all the stuff that has made an impact, what what was the one that you said, okay, this actually, I mean, Repo Games is great, but I know from your heart perspective, out of all the 
faith-based stuff that you've done, what was the first time that you wrapped it? You're like, I got something here. Yeah, Where Hope Grows. Um, that was an, a really interesting one because um, it was either the Hot Reporter said it was either one of or the first English-speaking film that starred an individual with Down syndrome. Mm. And so walking into that, I mean, I had written the script, but I didn't really have, I didn't know anyone that had Down syndrome. And that wasn't, you know, so I, when we cast David DeSanctis, who is, I can't wait to meet him, who is such a character and still we text every day still, but like that, that actually really, it was like one of those weird, like art imitating life, imitating art things, because like my relationship with him was kind of growing the same way that, uh, the act, the actor and the storyline was growing with the actor. Um, and I, I just, I came out of that. It was really cool because there's a, like so many people like me, they don't have a face, right? So it's like you box somebody in that's got special needs or down syndrome. And so the idea that that movie, if you watch it, it gives you a face and it makes it personal. So you see like, Oh, that's an individual. Just like all these individuals with down syndrome, they're individuals. And they're not just like, that's the down syndrome guys. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, um, and on top of that, it's been remarkable. We've had, um, I mean, we, I had families that came up to me and said, Hey, uh, our, our, child with down syndrome the they went as produce the character in our movie like for halloween mm. like they that was who they chose to be for halloween no because they'd never seen a hero like them that looked like them on screen and so i mean and from there man i was just like i got back into la and i was like well, what am i doing like I, I i got right away into my church I, I started doing the um special needs group in my church you know and so yeah um, and, and I brought my daughters in and they were doing it and, and I started getting on some, you know, some boards and organizations. And so anyway, so like that was life changing for me and the impact that I've seen it have on countless people because through via emails, messages, talking to people, um, it, it's, I mean, it's still, I mean, I've got goosebumps, it still gives me goosebumps, man, like that. So that will always be my favorite movie, no matter what, even if I shoot Spider-Man 37, uh, and it's a hundred million dollar budget. Um, you know, Toby McGuire, if you're watching this, yes. that's a call to action, my friend. Call to action. For both y'all to come out of not retirement, but I think he 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 was the only Spider-Man I knew of. Tom Holland. Well, did you watch the last Spider-Man? Mm. Oh, he was bad. Oh, oh, I'm not a Spider-Man guy. Yeah, the last one's really. I'm not. I'm not a big super good. The last one's great. No, you're not. But you literally love Spider-Man, so that makes you. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, so where hope where hope grows went into. Uh, I, I would say like I I I've been a Chris fan even before I knew him, and I met you through a mutual connection, and it was through a movie that, um, Language of the Broken Heart that I, I think you were part of, weren't you? I'm I'm kidding. Um, okay, so where hope grows puts you on the map differently. You're already obviously on the map, but what what was the Next project. I want to get to your most recent project. Oh, well, anyway, so I mean, then it kind of snowballed. So like then, um, there's a band for King and Country that um, is in the faith space that people love, and they're they're fantastic. They played like Kimmel, and you know, they've I think they've officially we really? say crossed. Oh yeah, they crossed cool. over. Uh, it was great. My one of my very very close friends, a producer on Kimmel, and he's a he, the he guy watched, I met. Oh yeah, Walkie. Yeah, Walkie's yeah. great. So Walkie after King Country played because he didn't know what to expect. He walks over to me in the green room and he goes, "Well, Dow." That just warmed my little Jew agnostic heart. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Because like, they were good. They were really good. Yeah. Uh, and so uh, their manager, uh, um, John Chapman, had seen Where Hope Grows. And so he just hit me out of the blue and was like, hey, man. He's like, I saw this. I think this is the kind of movie the boys want to do. So do you want to meet them? So I met them. They offered me the job. So we wrote this movie, Priceless, which they shot. And that one also was in limited release in theaters. Um, and then, they, yeah, they started just kind of like, it, it's like each one just kind of snow. You know what I mean? Like just kind of grows on top of the I next one. I don't know one. what you mean. This doesn't happen to me. I, uh, I, I don't have it where stuff just falls in my lap. Well, it's not falling. I mean, it's a long grind. It's like a year or two or whatever, except for now. Like now my career right now has been awesome. Like it's, it's a really crazy place where I'm at right now, which has been great. But it's like 22 years of 
grinding and waiting for 20, 22 years also things to happen. still waiting spider-man 37 dude yeah, you could again, play uh toby Sandman. um who played the bad guy uh willem dafoe also if you're watching um <laughs> I could be in Spider-Man. I could play a bad guy. Yeah. Oh, there's the realtor. That could. Be, what if that was oh, my... Oh, the realtor, yeah. The real, there's like the Riddler, people, the Penguin. A lot of people hate realtors in a the lot of realtor. ways. They can be bad. Yeah. They can be bad. Yeah, that guy, oh, he just sells another house again. Yep. Mm, wonder if it's mine. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Um, yeah, so thank you all for watching. Just kidding. Okay. But no, get to the freaking last one. Acid Man? No, dude. The one that was the number one movie on Netflix. Oh, oh, Blue Miracle. But the last one's Acid Man, which I'm really proud of, too. But so. Blue Miracle was but, the most recent one that was widespread. Acid Man's not out to everybody yet. Is right. It? it was just at Tribeca. Yeah. Blue, Blue Miracle was literally... Yeah. Blue Miracle was great. So, Blue, yeah, Blue Miracle's a true story. Dennis Quaid. Um, and, yeah, it was awesome, man. We were uh, number two in the world on Netflix for, like, three or four weeks, and we were... Number one most liked on the platform. Jeez. Who else was in that other than Dennis Quaid? A guy named Jimmy Gonzalez. He played, then, he played the main character. Yeah, he played Omar. Um, Someone else was in that too. Wasn't like, uh, who uh, was uh, D-Day from uh, uh, Animal House in it? Bruce? No. Oh, um, yeah. Uh, Bruce. Uh, he played uh, um, He played uh, Bisbee. Wayne Bisbee. Uh, yeah. Bruce, uh, what's his name? Bruce, if you're watching, just press pause because we're going to get there. What was his name? Bruce. Fill yeah. in the name later. Yeah, so, uh, Bruce, great actor. I don't know what because I, 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 right now I'm going Bruce Dern. It's not Bruce Dern, obviously, but like this, I, I I'll figure it out. Yeah. Um, but um, give me a second. Uh, but anyways, yeah. So Bruce, Brucey was I'm in listening. it. Um, we we call him Brucey, you know. So I don't even know him as Bruce. Uh, and um, yeah, man. And it was like one of those interesting things where yeah, Bruce McGill. McGill, yes, thank you, jeez. Yeah. Um, so that's where, uh, you know, that's where the, that's, that's where like now you know with streaming, it's crazy because it's like I probably on that one there's a you know, 120 million people have seen it or something crazy. You know what I mean? That like, insane. And then you think of like, I mean, like Run the Race, which I did, came out in theaters and, you know, made like 7 million bucks in the box office. But that just means that maybe, I don't know, 700,000 people saw it, a million. So it's like astronomically different. Now, obviously, there's the upside of a theatrical release if it takes off is there. And with Netflix, there's no upside. I mean, it's just exposure. But it, it's been great. I mean, because it used to be like I'd meet people in meetings. I'd be like, they're like, oh, great. Yeah, so, you, you know, your work. And I'm like, yeah, Run the Race. And they're like, and I go, okay, where hope grows? The remaining. Priceless. Asperger's Spider-Man Arrest. 37. Spider-Man 37, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but then if now it falls to me and I go, Blue Miracle, I'll lead with that. They're like, oh, I love that one. Dude, so it's been great to do uh, that. What's the next project for you? Well, so we just had Acid Man, which is something I wrote, I wrote with my best friends. And he directed. So this, it's full circle to cocaine. Oh, yeah. Oh, movie, I didn't think about that. Yeah. Acid Man. Is yeah. it Acid Man or Acid Man? That's a line from the movie. Is it really? Yeah. Because he's got the. That's crazy that you. There's there's a line that the. Dad? Oh no no I'm sorry. Dad. 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 <laughs> um, it's actually we cut that scene so it's safe that you did that. It's in the outtakes. Um, it is in the outtakes actually. And if y'all are wondering, I'm not in Acid Man and I don't do Acid Man. Yeah, buddy. But yeah. now you're selling me See, the way you that? said that. The realtor. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the uh, so Acid Man was awesome because a first of all, uh, not a faith film, and I love the fact that I'm able to do both of these now because I think as I. I'm able to do other projects. Like we've done two documentaries, Asperger's Arrest, and on tour with Asperger's Arrest, one's on Netflix, one's on HBO. Like all that expands mm. to be like, oh, you're you're more than just, you know, a faith guy, right? One trick pony. Yeah, so that's been cool. But um, Acid Man's awesome, man. We got like a 89% on Rotten Tomatoes after tri Tribeca. We got Who, Who's an Acid Man? Uh, Thomas Hayden Church. Oh my gosh, Lowell from Wings. Yeah. Also, you might know him from Sideways. Uh, which, by the way, nominated for an Oscar on that. And uh, the, 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 the big... 
uh, all all of the uh, trades have not all most of the reviews and trades have been saying that uh, this is his best performance ever in Acid Man. Wow. Well, and, and then bring it full circle with you playing basketball. The first time I met him was the only time I met him. So let me just leave with that. But I played basketball against him. Outdoor Weddington? No, at Premier Club here, like 15, 20 oh, years here? ago. And I remember oh, yeah. I was still trying to be an actor, and I was like, this is it. I was like, if I go and I beat him, even though he's half my height. Yeah. I remember afterwards, I was like, hey, man, I'm going to give you my business card if you need anybody in your upcoming movies. He hadn't called me yet, but... There is Spider-Man 37. He was in Spider-Man. He was Sandman. He was in Spider-Man. Yeah. Golly, there's a lot of just... And he, he, is, he, he was telling me he became a basketball junkie where at one time he was actually like bailing on meetings and auditions. Like where it was like his manager was like, what are you doing? Because he was just, I just want to play basketball. So wow. he got super involved. But you know, he lives in Texas. He's down south. Really? Yep. Yeah, I like how you just went like this. Yeah, that's I'm pointing. South. He's is, right down there. Is He's, that south? Oh, the south is that way? That way? South is this way. But, but no one just, knows. I mean, but it's like, like you can say he's up south, you know, yeah. or like he's here. He's in Texas. Yeah. Okay. Um, he's, in, he's in Texas. What What would be your dream project? Actually, okay, yeah. I, multiple questions here. Oh uh, well, uh, yeah. Anyway, dream Dream project. Oh wait, no. Finish. Well, and, and I was gonna say now there's um I've got it's pretty crazy right now. Like I, I've got like uh I've I've I wrote my first TV series uh, this year, so that's cool. Wow. And I'm probably gonna direct an episode or two of that, and then um. What's it called? Are we uh, allowed to find out? I don't think I can. I don't think just in case. What's it about? Um, Spider Man. Spider Man Thirty Seven. The show. The show. Starring Patrick Warburton. And Rogers Healy. Hey everybody. It's a terrible show. Sorry, but okay. it'll, it'll um, get canceled. Anyway, it will be can- – it's already canceled, in fact. It we, I'm just letting you know it's already canceled. Well, that's awkward. Um, so anyways, uh, the uh, – so did that. Um, and then anyway, there's like uh, there's like four projects I'm really excited about. There's a revenge thriller, which is kind of cool that um, because it's uh, a straight-up genre. That one I think will happen next. I'm trying to shoot everything in Oklahoma now, to be honest with you. Have you been to Oklahoma? I have. I just went up there and toured the oh. the, the uh, Prairie Surf Studios. Okay. Well, I'm sure that's great, but the well, rest you know, of they, the they, state – But they bought, they bought – the old uh the old convention center and turned it into a giant uh shooting it's amazing a giant uh studio welcome to oklahoma everybody that's the only thing to do there is to... i liked oklahoma city i just went for the first time oh god there's a bar called edna's it's really fun and they have this drink called a lunchbox and that's fun but the re- you have to no. drink it 24 hours a day to even tolerate that terrible state oh my gosh you're crazy so if you go when about you go, oklahoma no yeah, yeah. yeah. crazy in love crazy with oklahoma love. the realtor um, uh the uh there's a place called Retro Pub, I think it was something like that, but it was a barcade. Yeah. And it, I've been to, I love barcades. And it was the, my favorite one of all time because it drinking? was so 80s out at the barcade. No, here. It's a hidden drink. What is that? Oh, well, this is a uh, Rogers Healy mug. Uh, wow. Bar- oh, barcade, Oklahoma City. Coffee. And all you people from Oklahoma watching this, turn it off. I don't want your support. Anyway, back to what you're I want saying. your support, though. So, I, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm put it back on, which would be weird if you turn it off because then you wouldn't hear <laughs> click, click, the, click, the, click. The, the, the turn it back on. But wait, wait do, yeah. what's your dream project? we got to get there. Oh, um, I, I don't I mean, I don't know what my dream project is. Who would play you in a movie? You. Really? Maybe. I don't know. It's probably a low-budget movie if I'm financing it. So, yeah. I accept. <laughs> what, what would be my, what, What's my name in the movie? Spider-Man. Spider-Man. 37. 37. <laughs> um, Man, I love it. I don't know. I, honestly, I don't, uh, a dream movie, um, I love anything with special needs, honestly. like So, like, everything I do, I'm try- I always try to write in a special needs character. I love working with my friends. Um, I obviously love movies that have a message. Like, I don't like – although, you know, again, I'm doing a little bit of everything right now. But um, I'm actually really excited. And this is crossing over into the music world, too, which – I'll get you an autograph when I go back. I'll have to unearth this one because he's no longer living. But we call um, them signatures when you're 42. I'll take a signature. Oh, is it really? No, it's an autograph. Yeah. Is that a, is that a thing? Is it like? You... Well, 
kind I mean, not to make it awkward, but at the end of this, I have your questions and a Sharpie, and I'd like for you to autograph, sign it for me. Sign, signature? I want you want a signature? signature? Yeah, I want a signature. You want the old John Hancock? Yeah, at 42, you can't be like, can I have your autograph? Yeah. Be like, hey, oh, yeah, would that's you mind true. signing this for me so I can get it framed for my office versus like, hey, I'll... Yeah, yeah that can make sense. Um, so uh, I'm doing this uh, little little Jimmy Dickens movie. Oh, wow. Um, and, uh, in Nashville? In that, dude, we're like... Who's playing little Jimmy? Um, Andy Dick? I don't know if I can. I'm gonna. Sh- I'll show you. I don't know if I can say anything about it. I'll show you. We found an act. This is crazy. We found an actor who's five one, full time actor, been working for twenty years, plays guitar, <laughs> sings, and uh, looks so much like him. It's Are you crazy. serious? Yeah, we're about to go out. And, I, mean, I, mean, I actually get to go shoot at the Ryman. Oh my gosh! Yeah. I've never been to the Ryman. I've been outside. I've never been why, outside. Why don't we go to the Nashville one day together? I would love to. And I will take you around to some of these places. I would love to. And Nashville's my favorite city in the country besides Dallas or Oklahoma City. I love Oklahoma City. We can stop in OKC on the way up. Uh, do they have a convention center they turn into a sound studio that I could check out? Right next to Retro Pub. That place, Oklahoma is awesome. Yeah. Welcome to Oklahoma, everybody. <laughs> um, so anyways, uh, all that to say, I'm very excited about that one. Um, but it is that music crossover type thing, which is really cool. Um, so I think we'll shoot that next year. With all this going on in your life, how do you maintain balance without you know being sucked into just work? Uh, two, two things, honestly, I, I do have the, I have whatever reason I, I, it's a gift. I do write very quickly and I do f- end up finishing stuff quickly. So, um, in these contracts, you get built a lot of time. It was like, let's just say it's, you know, first draft, you get three months. I mean, and I can finish it in maybe a month. Name sometimes. that tune. Name that tune. Have you not seen name that tune? The TV no. show? Oh, but what? nothing. Oh, I can finish it in so many words. Yeah. Is that how I do it? Name that. Then prove it. Okay. Do it. I bet you're pretty good at that, I bet, actually. Yeah. Why don't you go on that? One of my buddies went on that. Because they played on a piano, and it's Randy Jackson. And, and like, I could probably do well. But You could do it, dog. Beat Shazam. Thanks, dog. Oh, you're dead to me. Oh, that's, Mar- is that, that's Mario. Uh, is that Mario no, Lopez? Randy. Hold on. No, we got to get back to No, Shazam. Is that Mario Lopez? That was Jamie Foxx. Jamie Foxx. From Terrell, Texas. And yeah. then back in the day, Rock and Roll Jeopardy. That was the show that I could have just... Yeah, that would They would have just changed it in the name to The Rogers Show. Rogers and Roll Jeopardy. That's Spider-Man a terrible 37. name. It's a terrible name. But back to, okay, and, and as far as the best advice you've ever received in, in the professional world, what is it? Um, honestly, it goes back to like, it, same thing as like, just um, be like, be somebody that people want to be around and would want to work with. I mean, that's my biggest thing. When I, you're like, when I, even when you're going like, people are like, when you go in and pitch, what are you doing? Blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, look, I go in there and I just want to connect with that person and I want them to like me and I want them to work with me and vice versa. I want to find someone I want to work with because when I go in there, I'm always selling myself. 95% and I'm selling whatever project I've come in 5% because nine times out of 10, no, I mean, in this 99 out of a hundred, they're not going to do that. Whatever project I'm coming in with right now. So 9.9 times out of 10. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's, it's that, it's that's that, great. It's that point one. Yeah. What, what's the best advice you'd give somebody right now? So, well, my point is like, is, is just treat people in the way that you want. I mean, honestly, it's the golden rule. Like yeah. it, it, to me, it, it, that exists and it supersedes all that when you're dealing with people, because when you're doing that, then people want to be around you. Like that's how you create a gravity around you where like people believe you're authentic. They believe you care about them and you treat them right. Like I don't care if it's a PA or, you know, the star of the movie. Like if I've got, there's plenty of directors I've seen. And if you're a PA, they're like, they're just blowing you off. Learn the dude's name. Like tell me, appreciate him. That's the thing that will go so much farther when, okay. This, this actually is hundred percent. This is a thing I do so far in every movie is at the end of the night, I go find every crew member I can find, and I look at them and I say, thank you mm. for today. That, I assure you. And I, I, learn their, I do try to learn all their names. I'm not great with it, but I do. I, I actually study the, the call sheet to learn everyone's names. Wow. But what I was going to say is what happens is every single, without fail, every rap party, I've had people come up to me 
PA, grip, whoever, and they go, hey, I just want you to know no one's ever known my name on a set. Hmm. Like, or, hey, I just want you to know by you saying thank you, that meant more to me than if you'd paid me more. Hmm. And so the idea is like nobody wants to play for a coach they don't like, right? Like in sports. But man, if the coach, if you, if you, if you believe in your coach and you believe he values you, you'll run through a wall for him. So that has so much more value than if it's like a paycheck or something, right? Like I can give you 50 more bucks or I can give you respect and value. Dude, you're going to take the respect and value because that's so much more important as humans. So I, I think that's just like, that's kind of my motto. And that's my thing is like, I just like just treat people who want to be treated. It's simple, right? It's, yeah, it's, it, 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 it's so simple. That's yeah. what the problem is. And people are just weird, man. Yeah. Golly, it's, it's, it's very valuable. Um, to hear you speak the truth and it's all it's very simple but i think that you know chris is one of the most extreme examples of success i think i'll ever come across and especially be on this show but to see you do it with such humility and poise but also have some fun with it and and make it a mission based i think is um is a gift so thanks for thanks for sharing everything you did with us today and if people want to go and support you when they want to support you what's the best way to find your movies your tv shows and to find you I guess they could just look on IMDb and then find the, the shows, right? Like, because they're ever, you know, they're all in different HBO or Netflix. Chris or, Dowling Director is his Instagram. Uh, that's true. For, for but I, I am a dinosaur. Like, I just kind of checked out after Facebook. So my, unless I'm shooting something, my Instagram is pretty boring. Unless at night he's watching movies, we always know. Oh yeah, what's, that is true. What's playing in the VHS player for, for, is, for over at you, Chris Buster? And it's always '80s. It is always '80s. We should have. We need to do an '80s pod. We just talk about '80s things. Dude, I mean, not this time, but maybe next time around or man, something. I like this round two tomorrow. Yeah. Okay. Let's do an '80s one. Um, I'm in. Well, Chris, uh, this has been a pleasure. You have been uh, exactly what I thought. You've been a gentleman, and you've been a lot of fun. And, scholar. And a scholar. Not so much so going to eight colleges in 17 years, but <laughs> you graduated. Uh, I dominated the four and a half. That's, that, that is true. Scholarly. Tommy boy, right? And yeah. Doctor. Uh, but, uh, Chris, I'm a huge fan of you, and I hope everybody that's paying attention today and watching can go and Maybe rattle off some of your movies real real quick so they can actually go in and find some of these if they don't know what I am. So Blue Miracle, you can still watch on Netflix. I think Asperger's R Us, which is a documentary, you can watch on Netflix. Uh, HBO Max has on tour with Asperger's R Us, which is a docu-series. Uh, Run the Race. Um, Amazon? Yeah, I, I mean, Amazon, iTunes, you can get all those. Actually, some of them, like, uh, they just went off Amazon Prime, unfortunately, and then Sony bought it and put them on the PureFlix platform. Cool. So, but, like, Where Hope Grows, Priceless, The Remaining, um, those movies, yeah, you can you can go rent them. They're, actually, there's a really interesting movie that, you know, it was a it was a PureFlix exclusive, but we shot it during the, um, right before the pandemic. We shot the whole movie in eight days, mm. and it turned out great. I really like it. Um, it's uh, It's called The Man from Nowhere. Um, not to be mistaken with this Korean action flick, which is actually really awesome, and you should watch that if you get a chance. But uh, that one, but but, that, but, but, uh, but uh, Man from Nowhere is, I mean, it's super, you know, it's again, we shot it for whatever, 120 grand. I think I can, whatever, I don't think I covered the budget in eight days. Like, that's, a, that's, a, if, that's miraculous. So I'm really proud of that movie, too. Um, and then, uh, I don't know, there's probably a handful of other things I'm thinking that I, I hopefully you can find Repo Games somewhere. Acid that Man. One, well, Aston Man was at Tribeca, so we'll hopefully have a distribution deal. And then we have wow. another movie, which I can't wait for you to see because it's so music-based. I told you about the, the soundtrack, Huey yeah. Lewis, and uh, it's called Roll With It, you know, off the Steve Winwood song. Wow. Um, Roll with it, baby. baby. Yeah. Um, uh, so that one, uh, we, we that's a behind-the-scenes debacle that one day we can discuss. Uh, but... We Steve Winwood, by the way, if you're watching this, I have a Rogers Music Tour podcast as well, and Huey Lewis. I love the Steve heart, of, heart of Rock and Roll is still beating. 
in Cleveland. Well, you know who knows? Oh, I, I got to sort of blah, blah. Anyways, all that to say, there, so those other ones are supposed to be coming out. Um, so there's things that will be happening, and then we're starting these new ones. So Love it. Ladies and gentlemen, a glimpse. And I, lo- I love you. I love you. I didn't say I love you, but you looked at me like you were going to say I love you too. I like you. Chris. I like you. Ben Rector song, right? I like you. I like, yeah. Ben Rector from Oklahoma. See? Arkansas. No, Oklahoma. Yeah. He, so Oklahoma has produced one great thing, and it's Ben Rector. Mickey Mantle? One great thing. Mickey Mantle's from Dallas. He was born in Oklahoma. This is, he sta- his statue's out there. Ladies and gentlemen, that is Rogers That. Um, that is Chris Dowling. Show him some support. Show him some love like I have. And become a fan. And one of these days, maybe you can also have your car repossessed. And then you can win it back through something like Repo Games. So, cheers. That's it. Chris Dowling. Thank you, buddy. That was fantastic. Thanks, man. Yeah. I'm Chris Dowling, and that's how you sell without selling out. Roger's that. <laughs>